Now, who is ready to help me with this New Year's shit? Me. I would like alcohol. I require alcohol. I just want you to make your move before it's too late. You really think she wants to make out with me? And are you two together? Did I not turn your life upside down? You're so good at this! <laughs> kind of obnoxious, right? When someone ignores every word that comes out of your mouth. Really? Oh! They're not dating. There's nothing. That was between you and me. They always make an effing mess. There's something very important that we you have to do. You are so annoying. Hey everybody, welcome back. To bridge the culture podcast, I am your host Jazz Singh. Uh, we, we like to take hiatuses. Uh, we've been gone for about two weeks, but we hope you haven't noticed. But we're back with something very interesting. I hope you enjoyed that little preview. It's a new web series, man, for you guys to get your eyes and your ears and your tastes on. Not really tasting. I don't know why I said that. I meant like creative taste, man. Some real, some real good stuff coming out of here. And we are lucky to have um, one of the main actors uh, of a web series called Biffle, man. Uh, Anisha is with us, joining us out from the West Coast. Anisha, how are you, man? Thank you so much for coming out and doing coming out and doing this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Thank, you for, thank you for coming out of your your comfort zone of quarantine and doing this. <laughs> yeah, my quarantine comfort zone. Oh my gosh, of course. This is so fun. It's so fun to not just be on a Zoom call. What are we doing? We're doing a Google Meet. This is awesome. <laughs> They don't have to know this. We're breaking. We're breaking lockdown to see each other in person. Nobody, nobody has to. Know. Yeah, we're in similar color palettes. I'm wearing white. You're wearing white. <laughs> see, we coordinated this on so many levels. You guys don't even understand. We're just in um, sync. <laughs> totally, totes. Um, so um, yeah, as they have heard of this web series, it sounds fresh. It sounds kind of hip. Um, it sounds unique. Um, and it sounds both relatable, um, but just very curious. Um, so before we get into that, because I think a big portion of that will be the show. Um, so you're an actor out in out in L.A. and uh, as Bridge the Culture, we're a South Asian American podcast. You're of South Asian descent. Uh, I, there's a story there, I'm sure, as we've uh, we've known to, we've known we're known to have stories when it comes to the entertainment industry. That sounds dirtier than I meant it. Um, so yeah, let's get a little bit of your uh, your origin story. Were you always out west? Um, how how did that all come about? At least let's how yeah how you grew up. And yeah, stuff. actually no, I didn't always live out here. I mean, everyone thinks I'm a Cali girl now. I've been out here for several years, so I I get mistaken for that. But I grew up in the Midwest. I was born in Indiana, even though I'm Indian. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, <laughs> that never gets old. I'm sure. I know, never. They're very confused. They're it's like a mislead, hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, when I'm saying the word, but yeah, my um, my grandma my, on my mom's side, my grandma and grandpa, he passed away before I was born. They uh, they immigrated to Indiana um, and went to West Lafayette, and he he was a professor, a mathematics professor, and taught at Purdue, and um, so we grew up in the Midwest. I was born in Indiana. I, I spent some time in uh, Massachusetts and then most of my childhood was in Ohio. So that's really where I consider my childhood years and my community that I grew up with. So Toledo, Ohio. Um, I'm very Midwestern. <laughs> Just, you know, grew up around the same people from elementary school through high school. And then um, the connection to California was my mom's sister, my aunt, lived in um, Southern California um, my whole life. And so every year we would come visit. She's my second mom. And I loved California. That mixed with I loved Saved by the Bell. And Jesse always wanted to go to Stanford. So I planted that seed that I was going to go to Stanford. I never got in, but I did get to UCLA. And that transitioned me out to hey, LA. It counts. LA. It counts. <laughs> uh, in some weird way, it all counts. That's interesting, man. So... Um, what was that like? Uh, I'm gonna. I guess for the sake of this, well, Ohio is where you spent much of your formative years. Um, what What was that like growing up? Uh, the Indian from Indiana into Ohio. It's interesting. I I really enjoyed Ohio. Um, growing up because people have really kind spirits there. That's what I felt. I spent a little. I spent two to three years on the East Coast in Boston area. 
And as a kid, uh, I felt it was like a little bit meaner there. Like I got made fun of a little more in Ohio. I don't think that happened so much. I, I feel like people embraced me. I didn't really think about being Indian or South Asian I, just because I grew up there and was around the same people for a long time. So they got to know me and my heart and who I was and they knew my family because of all the school functions and things like that. So I just always remember like my principal was really, you know, encouraging to me and the teachers were very, you know, mo motivating and it, they encouraged all sides of me, my creativity, my academic sides, my social sides. So I, I felt very nurtured in Ohio. No, I, I we have a similar upbringing. So I'm, I'm East Coast. I, I grew up in Jersey. And so, uh, yeah, I'd say the same thing of, you know, you have your, you have your quintessential kind of assholes everywhere you go um but more so in boston yeah. i'm okay to lose that support um so but yeah you, you grow up with a decent amount of people where it's very hard i find if you grow up in a, in a decent area where once you're like 12 that's a you've got a pretty good history um yeah uh with people yeah. so like you you have your kind of your community and, and it's it's at that point you do kind of fall into uh I'm sure there are there could still be issues very uh, very well, but like you just, I feel like it's harder to fall out of that. Um, so I'm glad I'm glad Ohio yeah. had that. Yeah, there's little hiccups along the way, but you just keep deepening who you you know vibe with, I guess, and that's who you stick around with. So was UCLA was that your? I mean, it's obviously not your first because you said you were you pretty much you were a California girl every annually it seems um <laughs> visiting your aunt so like it it's it's almost like that weirdly feels like as you said second mom second home kind of a thing um yeah. so but did the official move out there is that that happened through ucla it did yeah it did happen through ucla and i wasn't uh i was shocked to move to la i i wasn't I truly didn't know how uh, shocking it would be to my system. I remember graduating and being so excited. And in the airport, when I was flying to LA, I just started bawling. I'm not really a crier in front of people. I cry a lot personally by myself in my room, but <laughs> but not in front of Don't laugh because here, I'll, I'll give you some support as do i <laughs> yeah right it's just you know it's safe space that's where it comes out but in front of people i feel more you know hidden sometimes but i just it, you know even in front of my family and i remember in the airport looking at my mom and i just started crying and i was i don't know my body took over and i was terrified to go and be away from what i knew and leave the state my mom always encouraged me tremendously to get out of ohio and follow my <laughs> dreams but you know, it was shocking and to go to a giant state school and be around people that lived in California. And it is a different culture in a sense, you know. I'm assuming if it's not too like traumatic, it, it was it turned out OK. It did. It got to you. Yeah, it just adjusted well. I did adjust. It took a, it took time. You know, Ohio, that's why community is so important to me now. But Ohio was it felt like a nurturing community. And then to come to LA, that's just this giant sprawling city. And then UCLA is a giant school. It took me a minute to find um, a smaller community. And that's what I try to do now in my life, find a group of people that I feel safe with. And then I can feel really grounded, you know, and, and be myself. Yeah, I, found, I was uh, just a couple months ago, I was out in L.A. Um, it was my first time visiting out there. And I remember thinking, because, I, I mean, I grew up in the tri-state area, and I, I was, but I was never a, I'm a burb, I'm a burb kid. So, like, that's my comfort level was the suburbs. Uh, and so I never, I never, like, I liked the idea of New York, but I didn't like the thought of, of being a part of that. But when I was in L.A., I thought, you yeah. know what, this is very manageable, for a kid like me, because I thought um, it's not it's not a dense city, which I like. I, I appreciated, um, but I, as you were describing that about like ha you know having to kind of make the effort to find people, um, that makes sense because it's not like everybody's packed up as sardines down there. But I feel like it's more rewarding if I can say that when you do, because uh, I don't know, it just feels breathable to me. 
I think so. Um, <clears throat> I think yeah. so. I've so, learned so, that a lot in the last couple of years. If you make that effort, you know, and you find people that reciprocate that, you can go pretty deep and, you know, really explore together. So UCLA, is that, uh, was that the also the, it was the California permanency, but was it the acting bug there too? Or were you doing stuff in Ohio? I was, um, uh, yeah, I grew up pretty creative. I, I, uh, I mean, it started with piano. That was my first musical inclination. My parents put me in it when I was five. So <laughs> it's very uh, typical, you know, Asian family <laughs> thing. So I learned piano, but I, I don't know. I loved Celine Dion. <laughs> So me and my friends would sing like Celine Dion and I really wanted to sing after that. So my mom put me in singing lessons and I just loved it. I was really shy, really quiet kid, really afraid to speak up and uh, really uncomfortable. I mean, to this day, I'm uncomfortable speaking up, but I just practice as much as I can. Um, but I loved performing because I felt like... Um, I, oh, I just say I always feel free, but I, it's not that I felt like a different person. I felt like I just didn't have any chains on me when I would perform. So I felt that's really what made me feel free. And I loved the feeling of being received when I was in that free space of performing. I felt like people saw me in a whole other way than I could when I was just like walking around the world. So that and, turned and into say, what? Would you, say you, would you say you felt that even as a kid? Yeah. About like, yeah. yeah. It's interesting, yeah. isn't it? Because I, I, I would say the same thing about, I, I'm primarily, I was a writer. And so um, I remember thinking like, uh, I mean, kudos for your folks to be like, she sang a song once, let's put her in lessons, uh, which is fantastic. <laughs> That's not how it went, uh, I'm sure. But it's the idea of like, you know, do, right? Create. You know, see see what comes of it. Um, whereas uh, on my end, it was a lot of like, what is that? Why is that a thing? And I remember, um, as you were saying with like nurturing teachers, teachers were the real like they got to see a side of me that I didn't really get to share um, at home. And so they'd go, oh, you you should do this and do that, or write the school play and all that stuff. And this is all like foreign to me, as like a no 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 we. <laughs> I can do that. Um, and I just, I think it's interesting that but when you said like it makes you, it's not like you're a different person, but it really does just unlock, you know, a percentage of yourself that you're not hiding it, but you just don't um, fully shine it until you get the opportunity. So it's, it's wicked that you found it young. Um, yeah. And so it, it then I'm assuming it consisted, right? So I'm guessing. Yeah, it kept going. Uh, it, it built on itself, you know. I danced and then I sang and then I did musicals. Musicals were the first thing that I started doing um, that combined everything in mu middle school and in high school. And I loved it. And then um, I went into UCLA undeclared. I wasn't sure what I would do. And the whole time I was studying theater classes, half and half. I, w I, th I thought I would be pre-med, you know, that's what everyone wanted me to do. And I was really good at math and science, but I don't know, I did not, I wasn't into it at school. school. In college, it was a whole different story. The level of competition, the level of um, commitment, I, I, w I did do that in high school, but in college, it was a whole other level that I didn't feel connected to. So I ended up taking half theater classes and half business economics classes and joining a theater company, an Asian American theater company there. So it felt like half my time was business and my heart and the other half of the time were <laughs> performing in theater and writing and creating and being around my friends that loved doing that too. Was that tough? Kind of, yeah. I felt like... like I mean, I obviously, it's, like a, it's, a very, it's kind of a... <laughs> Just a lame question. Once you find it hard to balance the uh, the uh, business side of things with the uh, creative side, but like I'm just curious because as somebody who can openly now say that yeah, the creative side definitely torpedoed some of the academic stuff. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and this yeah. is not for me being like, hey, how was your GPA? Because we're not that kind of Indian. Um, <laughs> did you? Did you? But like, was that a? Did you find that to be a challenge, or was it relatively a? not an easy balance, but a balance that you can maintain. I, I found a way to do it. I definitely did not do as well as I did in high school. I thought it was way harder. And I don't know, I also just think emotionally, I didn't feel 
the support I needed because I was away from home. It was a whole different, you know, structure of life I wasn't used to. Um, Mm. But I'm trying to think, yeah, it was really, it was really challenging. I would feel drained by the business economics classes. And um, honestly, I felt like I had to earn my creative time. That's, I felt like I was kind of, in a sense, punishing myself. Be like, I have to work really hard in this area to be um, worthy of having this other side of my life. That's interesting because I, um, I was figuring out how to phrase it, and then you did a better job than I ever could of, yeah, of that, of that just that emotion of, um, I don't know if guilt, maybe guilt's too strong of a word, but it's the it's the idea of like you it's fine like you said it's a balancing act regardless but the fact that there's still a part of us this collective we um that has to kind of carry it of maybe this like even that's something it's so conditioned in us i think even when we we have supportive parents um to kind of be like is this right um like i i can remember sitting in um like film school classes or something and just being like, why am I here? <laughs> like it, uh, and not because it was like bad. It was just, a, it was just like this feels wrong to be in a giant like auditorium with students, you know, talking shop about filmmaking, because who this is? It's not. It's not conventional. Um, and yeah, so I like how you put that. Of just you, you, we have to earn our own. Um, kind of acceptance of our own thing which is so weird to say of like it's nobody else doing it it's us going eh, I don't feel yeah. worthy of it the word that keeps coming to me is permission we don't I don't always feel like I would give myself the permission to be to live in the part of my soul that loved loved it you know what I mean it was like I just had to earn the right to do it versus just give myself permission to live my truth yeah um well you did it Uh, um so permission granted self um it's a daily struggle yeah (laughs) so um like i said you were you were doing that through college um and so when did the so was it out of college did you go for that did you do something with the business thing or did you immediately just go pathway was it always was it a side by side until it wasn't anymore if that's still the case it was a side by side until it wasn't anymore um I did do some recruiting for you know the business side of my studies and I didn't end up wanting to do that job and I wanted to take some time to explore acting so as soon as I graduated I just dove in I dove into it I um I just did literally from ground zero acting basics I started doing background like that summer after I graduated which is you know you're in the background of tv and film um me and me and a friend did it one time on campus at UCLA that's how I even knew about it we were walking on campus and Californication was filming and we snuck in and pretended we were with them and we started acting in background I was so excited about it because I'd never been on a set and then um, then I signed up with a casting office here in L.A. And I was in this movie called Valentine's Day um, that Gary Marshall directed before he passed. And it was this big studio movie. And I got to see all these celebs. And we were on it for multiple days in a row. And I got my SAG vouchers from it, which is how I was able to be eligible to join the union. So all of that happened pretty quickly. And that was the year Outsourced was going on. And I got my first speaking credit on TV. So... It it allowed me to have some grounding in the business and start building from there. That's a deep cut, man. I feel like outsource is a real deep cut. Um, Like it kind of like it it came and went. Um, So I'm always interested whenever someone brings it up because I'm like, you remember that too? It wasn't just like a fever dream um, for a season. (laughs) Um, But yeah, uh, it was. I trying to were you on that for just that one speaking part? Were you on it for as I was on it throughout the season, not in a speaking role. I they just used as many people as they had over and over again because they well, that, needed that crap. I, I'm just, again, I'm trying to think cuz I uh, that was a, a big moment in our house cuz like that was like my mom was watching that. Um right. and I was just like and I remember I remember when it didn't get picked up for season 2. I know. 
Um, and I remember her just being like, because she doesn't, like, it wasn't like she was paying attention, but she was just kind of be like, she knew it. It was very uh, vivid for her. And I was like, oh, it's not, it's not coming back. Like, that was it. What we, what we watched this year, this is the entirety of this effort. And I remember all she was like, oh, I was, I was starting to like it. And I was like, well, this is, this is how it goes uh, for not even just these kinds of shows. But I, I remember, yeah, it, it, it was an interesting premise. It was an interesting, uh, it took a little while, but, I remember it really found its groove, and I thought I could have used maybe one more just to try it out. Um, but now you, you're making me want to go back and watch it again just for you. So. I want to go back and watch it too. I had one one line. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I know I have no doubt that you were in the background of like I many was, shots. I, I was because now that I think about it, I'm like, yeah, even the main cast was in just was almost utilized more as background actors than they were as characters sometimes. Because what do you do? Um, for a show like that that was yeah so that's yeah you're you heard it here first or outsource is making a i wonder if it's on streaming anywhere i don't know it must be I, I i'd have to look that up i know that the cast recently did one of those table reads that I a saw, lot of yeah, shows I saw have been that. doing yeah, yeah. yeah um it was an nbc show so maybe peacock will have it um we're not sponsored by peacock but think about it nbc sponsor us we're basically outsourced but you know indoors and in america we outsourced, outsourced. We reversed outsourced. Oh my We're, gosh! Yeah, they'll figure it out. That's Legal awesome. Out. Um, so that's cool. And then from there on, you've got a you've got a string of credits, man. And would would you say that those are pretty consistent? So then it feels like you were relatively steady in the game, as it were. Yeah, um, I've just yeah. been pushing it ever since. You know, LA is, you have to hustle out here. So just been pushing it there, you know, whatever I could do, um, auditioning or getting agents or working with the manager, or doing casting workshops or auditioning for diversity showcases, anything I could do to try to get in front of people and try to be cast, you know, that's what this I- This is another, this is, you know, go on. No, 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 please. What were you gonna say? No, this is uh, just I feel like, again, it's a testament to our times, I feel, and it's a uh, but like also a, a testament to your your hustle, as you said. Um, I always hate asking this question uh, with actors of just like, you know, do you find her to struggle as a, you know, to figure out your place? And I a lot like, to I haven't interviewed that many female um, actors, but I've a lot of actors will tell me, oh, I go in for, you know, a pretty much a giant line of this the same type there's not that many of us and i feel like casting in in recent maybe years has gotten better but i feel like casting almost feels like we're still in the outsource times of it's a revolving door of the same like six people uh maybe more now but like still that same thing did you did you find that early on are you still finding it now um it's interesting i I've had a mixture of roles that I've booked. I, I do think sometimes I get cast as South Asian specific. On Outsourced, I did have an accent. Early on, I, I had a couple of accents on small roles. But now, yes, I'll go in for accented roles or yes, I'll go in for South Asian roles. But I honestly have always felt my sweet spot has been just open-ended roles. And that's been my thing. I do see, I did see a lot of the same people. You know, the trend in this town Um, I noticed that if you pass a certain point, say you are a series regular, the door does open in a big way. And then you really find a flow and then you just keep working, 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 booking, booking, booking on that higher level. You know, crossing that point, I think, is the challenge. Um, But people are crossing that point more and more because there are so many more shows now. I think it was more challenging in the past because the amount of options and opportunities were smaller and people would just go to the people who have crossed that point. Now it's just much more open-ended and anyone can cross over at any time, I feel like. I think a big, um, a, that's like one, obviously, section of it. I think a huge factor um, also is the level from, again, I'm biased because I'm trying to be a creator, but I'm also biased in that we talk to a lot of creators. And it's, I think, a big change, a title, a title change is the fact that we kind of became our own creators, um, uh, you know, years ago and said, like, you know what? Yeah, we'll do your your gigs, but like, we're not going to limit ourselves to it. Um, And you're proof of that, because um, this is this is my segue attempt at your uh, 
your own work, man. Like this is so like you, yeah, you've got you've got the accolades in the um, if you want to call it the industry, but uh, there are a lot of us out there who are kind of we're making this kind of new industry for ourselves to showcase um, our talents in ways that we probably know that no one's going to dig too deep into um, to find. And so you need to almost give yourself that push. And so um, you were grateful, gracious enough to share uh, your work uh, with me. And uh, we'll do first dates first, okay. just because I think it'll be a nice launching point into um, Biffle. But uh, and so like to be to note, you right now we were, talk, we're talking to you about it as an actor, but that's one you wrote and directed. Now, is that something uh, was that one of those out of necessity things? Was that something that you are, are trying to get into more of? Uh, but yeah, you, you wrote and directed that little short. Yeah, I that was um, it was me. I was trying to audition for one of the network diversity showcases, and we had to do um, different characters uh, for that audition. And at the time, they wanted uh, to lean into a little bit of the stereotype, but I was trying to find ways to turn it on its head. So I played around with the idea of um, a good Indian girl who was uh, unexpectedly... Uh, 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 wild uh, uh, wild yeah <laughs> i'm like what word should i use right now <laughs> uh, yeah well unexpectedly that's being tame wild. too calling you wild and that is, it's being tame <laughs> yeah so i just um i had taken a sketch writing class and so that character came to me and um i, I always am in an accountability group it's how i i keep up with completing my action it makes me get stuff done so in that group he was he said I want you to shoot three of your characters that you've written and so he assigned that to me and I was like oh my gosh okay fine you know and I shot three things in a day and that was one of the shorts that I shot and people seemed to really enjoy it and I I got to dip my feet into acting I mean writing was one but acting in it directing it editing which I loved the editing process that's where I felt like my taste really kicked in yeah yeah no so I as when I was watching that uh but also now I'm glad that there's two more you have did you shoot those other two yes yes I'll send you those those at some point I'm gonna need to see those at some point um because I'm a big guy so I feel like um yeah so when that started uh I was waiting for maybe rightfully or wrongfully i was like oh maybe he will be the focus of it because he he's yeah. the he's the focus in like the log line and then your first break from what i think you're gonna be um i feel like it puts us in the immediate mindset of the dude of just yeah. like i'm sorry like i had to go back and go she did what <laughs> and then um and yeah it was such a nice subversion of even because even your initial like act, if it, we can call it that, even that to me was like, oh, okay, she's being kind of playful about even like the traditional thing. But then you just take it all the way up, and I was like, man, like that freedom. I, going back to the initial allergy of being free and stuff, man. That you, we need more of that kind of freedom to to play around with it, and and you do it in spades um, to the point that I, I felt like you know the. the uh, the guy who played Deepak in that was such a straight man um, yeah. to you, but like it, it elevates everything you did. And I thought, oh man, like she, she got it, man. She can, she can do it. And it was, it was, and and then when I found out you wrote it, I was like, holy shit, this is, uh, I, cause I, had, at that point, I'm coming off of your actor streak, and I'm just like, no, man, this, she's got, she has a fully, a full grasp on this character. Um, and it was very nuanced for being as subversion as it was. So really well done. I can't wait to see these other two yeah. creations, man. Yeah. Do you think you'll get into uh, more of that? Yeah. Or like quick shorts yeah. or things like that? Yeah, like that? that's what I'm leaning into a lot more. I mean, I think that is often an actor's journey. They do want to step into more of a creator role um, so that especially with South Asians, um, we don't – it's like what you said. Sorry for my – um, no, text messages but especially for South Asians we don't often get I think people don't know the full spectrum of who we are as a human being so when we can create it for ourselves, it's just you get to see so many more intimate details to who we are 
And that's what I think we we're craving. We're craving to be known fully, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Whips and all, man. Whips and all. <laughs> like, it's not even that. It's not even like, okay, say that's not even who we are, but we're just craving to be. No, I, yeah. Yeah. No, like the potential of who we are. It's like we want people to know that, that we're not just one thing. We have so many other possibilities. And that's, like I said, that's what I think that short does really well, um, which it lulls you into that, your own sense of, uh, not racism, but your your own sense of like expectation. Yeah. Um, like I like I find that to be almost it's hard. I think uh, from a writing standpoint sometimes, but then more so on a performance standard of is somebody gonna stick around long enough to realize that this is something so unique, um, or are they gonna tr- like completely shun it because they're like oh not this again? Um, yeah. And I think that like you were saying about editing that made such a huge difference. Um, I'm assuming in terms of the the energy of when someone goes, hold on, what did I hear that right? I totally. am I still I'm gonna still watch this, but like what what's happening? Um, yeah. And that's that's exciting uh, as a performer. I imagine it's exciting as an audience member. Um, I so think editing cool. is really fun because it's you play with rhythm in editing. You know the musicality and the rhythm, and that's huge for comedy. It's huge for yeah. drama too to build yeah, the tension. Totally. Nothing uh, as a, I'm a as a writer, I feel like editing yeah. is the one thing that editing is where they really tell you if you're good at what you do or, do or not. Um, so that's that's yeah. always an interesting. Like they, it's called like the final draft for a reason. So it's right. it's always fun. Um, I have a sketch background myself, and I'm like, ah, you know, a nanosecond too much, and you've lost you've lost an entire. Your entire yeah. face. I get super meticulous about it. <laughs> yeah, no, same. I've gotten so bad that I now almost write to the edit. Mm. And I've been told not to do that um, because then as a director, I have a tendency to then direct to the edit. And then as a performer, I'm like, no, man, you got to let them, let them kind of, you got to let them give them, you know, 10 more seconds, 20 more seconds. Let them keep going with it because you want that. Right. But I'm right. so, but I'm then so married to like, no man, I, I, it's got a cut here. Um, it's a weird dichotomy of figuring all that out. It is. It's a you just got to trust that it will all come together. <laughs> um, yeah, like I said, when you wear all three hats, as it were, you're you're in it. You wrote it. You directed it. Uh, yeah. and, and you found a fantastic balance among all three. Thank you. Thank you for watching it. <laughs> yeah. No, it was it was good. <laughs> They don't pay me to say this, everybody. It's, <laughs> genuinely, it's wonderful. Um, like you, it's it's you haven't put it out, put it out, have you? No, you know, I I'm kind of throwing it around and pitching it for like show ideas and things like that. So I'm keeping oh. it private for now. Um, but yeah, it'll be out there soon. I just okay. I I've, never put I've, it. I've hyped up something you may not see yet, everybody. But yeah. maybe it'll be out soon. I'll, I'm gonna see about that. I got to figure out what's allowed. I'm causing it to leak as we speak. It's what's happening. Um, Peer pressure. No, I, yeah, I just I, again as a as a, just a showcase. Like I said, I'm 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 hoping when we're done this in my inbox there will be the other two. <laughs> oh, let me exciting. let me text let me message right now. We're doing this. That, that was me texting you earlier. I was like, send me those videos. Um, That's awesome. So then we get to the you know um, the big piece. Um, a real big, a real big, and a real good showcase for for everything we've talked about, man. Biffle, uh, let them know what it's about, and then we'll get into how you got involved. And then I'm just going to tell you how awesome it was for like 45 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> um, okay, uh, so so give them a little. T- I mean, they obviously heard a little taste in the beginning, but just a quick rundown of what it's about, and then we'll talk about how you got the part, how you got involved in it. Um, sure. And then we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll go from there. Awesome. Um, Biffle is an LGBTQ web series. It's six episodes. We have a season one out right now. It's now launched on Reverie TV. It's an LGBTQ platform with all queer content. Um, and I play the lead character, Jill, in this web series. And it's generally about a group of friends, 20-somethings, who are just figuring out their lives and figuring out their relationships with each other and and navigating their feelings around one another and trying to express 
the truth of their um, maybe love or not love towards one one another. <laughs> so how did that come about? I mean, are you? How did you, how did they approach you? Do you? I mean, do you have you known these people a while? Yeah, I um, I mean, through like what I said, all of the hustle I've done, I would always self submit myself for other independent projects, and there was one called Three's a Crowd that I played um, a supporting character on. It was a web series, um, and the producer of that ended up being the director of Biffle. So he literally just reached out and I guess he thought I would be right for the role and he offered it to me. And in the process of Biffle was a long one. I think we had done a table read. I wasn't attached to it or anything. They just wanted to do a table read. They asked me if I would read for it. Um, And then I think a year, maybe even two years, a year later, maybe I think they were like, we're actually gonna start crowdfunding. Will you actually play this role? And I was like, yeah, I'm down. I actually had to think about it though, if that was, um, fair to play that role um, and uh, you know because it is so specifically queer and I don't necessarily identify my I didn't at the time identify myself that way and I had conversations about it but I said I'm totally down and then they crowdfunded over $50,000 the team of Biffle um, and made it happen and we shot it and it was amazing that's how I got attached to it yeah uh, so my I've now I've now binged it, and everyone out there should too. Um, it's honestly, it's um, I guess I didn't going into it. I didn't really know what to, to expect. Um, maybe that's just how we. I feel like we're conditioned uh, to view web series sometimes. But in the course of doing you know these podcasts, I've seen a couple, and I I feel like this would fit right into some of the better ones that I've seen. Um, it's supremely polished um but what i really can't get enough of um this is why like six episodes was too little for me um (laughs) is every single person in this is so like perfectly cast um and to the point that like there's i truly couldn't tell you you know, if there was a weak person in the bunch or I couldn't tell you a favorite because everybody is so meticulously, and this goes into the writing, um, is so smooth and then the direction equally so, um, that it's, it's a breeze, man. It's a, it was a breeze to get through those six. Um, but also it was just a lot of, I think it's a unique perspective that I know I haven't seen, um, as someone who doesn't identify that way, but, but even that base is covered, man. Like there, uh, in terms of you you get to see that too and like the minute that happened i was like oh there's my surrogate into this world right Right? and so uh, but then equally beyond that it's also i could relate to you and i could relate to um uh, what do you call it chloe and and sarah and all those guys and i'm just like i'm i was so invested at that point because you guys are such naturals um in that environment and i was curious i'm assuming it must have been blast man making that thing it was a blast i mean all of what you said is a testament to the team behind the scenes so that's a testament to what started with kelsey o'regan they're the writer creator of biffle and they live in chicago and wrote this series i would say maybe over a year or two years it was something percolating in their head and over a series of circumstances because our director darren was trying to make something and he asked um, his producer friend Amber if she knew of anything and Amber had met Kelsey at a queer convention and was like I think um, this could be a thing and that Chicago met LA and we made this project it was amazing how it all came together and yeah the shooting was a blast it was I I think we shot eight days and it was um, a blur it was a blur and a blast and we laughed a lot and the whole set was so diverse in front of the screen behind the screen i've never had a set that i felt so free to be myself so comfortable and it made it the most fun thing ever no and it it translates um like beyond uh at least my expectations i don't know about y'all's expectations um, your scene partner in much of this in particular, yeah. um, Andrea, um, her Chloe is just, I, watching you two um, trade off 
in your different feelings and and your situations are were just it was just man I I um I I watched it twice now I watched it uh, oh did you first, oh, first did I, you? yeah I watched it once to kind of just go all right let's see what this is and then I was like I gotta watch it again to to catch little nuances and so as a filmmaker one of my favorite things to watch in projects is um, ironically full circle background so. Wow. Um, there is a scene, uh, I think, right after Taylor moves in. I think it's second episode. Um, you guys are all around the table, but she's by herself. And there's a moment where I think she asks if she can help you guys for this party, and everyone kind of goes like, "Nah, we good." And the focus pulls away from her, so she's no longer in focus in the shot, but she's still going. And I, I love that to watch performers still retain um, their characters and. That happens multiple, like consistently throughout. And I thought, what a bunch of consummate professionals who know their um, characters so well that, um, like, professional professionals don't even do that well. Um, and er- there was there wasn't a moment where I was like, oh, it just it was a flawless execution of your um, of your vision. And I thought, this is it's funny to me. I'm gonna ramble, and you feel free to throw in a. Shut up, let me talk about my show for a second. But uh, they're always talking about like shows of this ilk, of like types of shows like this that we've had in the past. And a lot of people bring up like Friends or whatever. And, and, it's, and we can find those like, oh, well, they weren't fully up to date in those times and stuff, whether you buy that or not. But then I watch something like this and I think like, you know, yeah, the web series format is fantastic. It's a nice way to get it all out there. And, I, and like, I love that there's a platform for it. But I'm just like, man, I like why this is totally feasible in a in a market that can live off, you know, a 22 minute network sitcom. Like, there's truly, there's truly, honestly, nothing in here that a network wouldn't already make. Um, It's not like super. There's some swearing, I guess, that would be a problem for networks. But like for the most part, big picture. it, it just it, that's how much it felt like why isn't this like my go-to response is like why isn't this on um real tv that's how conditioned we all are everything is real tv now i guess in a way yeah. but that's how i felt i felt like there it's it's a voice that we don't hear it's a voice we don't hear it's a, it's a it's representation that we don't really um well, i mean we see some of it now but we it doesn't live um we don't live with it if that makes sense and i think that was also interesting to watch of just how universal it is um, for people who aren't even part of it, at least that representation right. group. But despite being repre- you know, universal, it's still so heavily lived in. Um, and I like so kudos to everybody on it for for nailing it, man. It was an awesome, awesome cast and crew. Fantastic actors, like you said. Everyone brought it. Everyone yeah, you know. like embodied their role. It was so great. Yeah. Every single per like again, I could I could do a rant on everybody, man. Sarah, yeah. she was fantastic. It's just from the from the from the from the moment it starts, from like from page one, go. It's there's never a dull. There's there's, never a there's so many amazing themes and things that even the characters, even the actors who played the characters, were learning. We all were learning. We learned about ace, you know, aromantic, asexuality, all of that, all of. You know, being even being the straight friend and learning how to use pronouns, all of these things were an education yeah. for so yeah. many people on set. Yeah, yeah. No, and again, that's a like I said, for people who it's a learning curve too, myself included. Yeah. Um, but like again, totally accessible. Um, yeah. It's never, um, I guess, is pandering the right word? It's never pandering, um, and it's it's fully like, there's it's fu- it's funny that there's never any I, I don't know this is just me speaking for any kind of representation sometimes I feel like the people who create it again I'm guilty of it I'm sure um, where we feel like I'm gonna curate it in such a way that like I'm almost judging the audience for um, not immediately getting into the world um, and maybe that's unfair of of creators like that but like in this case I felt like even when I didn't get some of it or if it was like labels or whatever it was. I never felt like the show was looking at me like you idiot. <laughs> yeah. It very much is so inviting. Yeah. And that I find maybe that's a hard balance that you don't see, but again, effortless. You guys were so effortless with it. That's so sweet and kind of you to say. I feel like it's a really loving energy, you know, underlying the whole show. It's it's yes. warm and loving and exactly that yeah. like it.
it's never preachy it's never judgy um uh it's just it's always open and like what better um yeah open totally and it's interesting i uh, my whole family i mean not my whole family but definitely my mom my grandma my aunt have watched it so they've seen me you know play in this other world and even they i don't think there was any you know maybe they were a little like surprised or whatever but i don't think there was too much you know anything negative feeling you know even for them to watch it i didn't feel weird about it but i think they watched it and they were maybe a little like you know adjusting to a new normal but I think it was great. It was yeah, great. The, it's not a steep learning curve. It's it's a very accessible. Um, yeah. You know, we we built the ramps in for you. Like, there's not a, there's no fall. Um, yeah, no, I'm I I would be very comfortable showing this to a room full of South Asians. Oh, cool! Uh, that's awesome that? to hear. I love that. I like, that. I like, how, that's, I like how that's the bar. That's the, the bar. I love the, that. The bar is just which. How many generations of your. Uh, family can watch this content is that's the bar in my well it's gone through three for me i would love to go to push it to four uh, (laughs) yes you've got more generations that are open to this than maybe i would Um, one two three now i gotta do the younger generation they'll be fine with it (laughs) yeah no i'm this is this is life now (laughs) right this this should just be shown in in high schools all over the country (laughs) totally (laughs) hey it would beat this it would beat the stuff they made us watch uh in high school for this this kind of stuff so but yeah no i like i said i I think it's that's your biggest thing so now it's like i said it it just dropped right it's bingeable now we were on youtube for a while we we received almost a million views over season one which was amazing but now reverie tv we have it up on reverie tv as an original series up there which is they're so they're awesome and we're really excited to be on there um, so we're trying to get more views on it and get people to see it because we do actually have content for season two and we're going to make it. She's doing my job for me, folks. She might have this job next week. Don't don't count on it. That's, just, that's how they, show business is fast and loose, man. They're going to pick her over me so quick you don't even know. Oh, my gosh, um, no. <laughs> I'll have you on a podcast if I ever do one. <laughs> You'll be the guest. You'll be the guest next week. I'll be hosting you. <laughs> You heard it here first. I'm not too short, by the way, so I'll be interviewing you. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'm all right with that. Um, that was my qu- next question. So um, you're obviously going to be. So it's interesting. You're going to you we're, you're up on this new platform. You're going to be monitoring that, obviously. But you've already got content for two. We yeah, we have a story written and or being written. Oh, okay, okay. Nothing's been shot. I mean, obviously, nothing's been shot because nothing will be shot for a while. <laughs> Except these podcasts, we have episodes, to be so. safe. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's great. Yeah. So, so do you foresee it um, when things pick up? Right, obviously, when things get normal, whatever that looks like. Um, that those gears are grinding is what I'm hearing. They are. They are, and everyone's really, really passionate who's been involved, and even the fan base is really, really into really, it. Really into you gained one now, man. You gained another one. We love, um, we love our whole community. We love the fans who have been watching. No, truly, like yeah. they're, yeah. The they're the best. best. They like Team Biffle, fam. Team Biffle. Team Biffle. Yeah. Team Hashtag B I F L. We're making shirts, fam. We have shirts. shirts. We have merch. We have merch. How come I never got any? Uh, I need to send you some. Oh my gosh. No. I'm gonna send you some. Okay. Okay. So in the email I send you my other sketches, you're gonna reply with your mailing address. <laughs> Okay. okay. Well, uh, <laughs> I'm very biased now, obviously, in this podcast. Jazz I'm trying is going to be, be as objective all, as I can be. Jazz is going to be on social media, biffled out. Yeah, no. Forget that. I'm, 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 I'm jumping in to be in biffle, son. I ain't even. All right. This is. It's not even about Jazz the merch no more. I want some representation on Team Biffle too. All right. Yes. Let's do this. I'll pitch you. Um, I'll pitch you. <laughs> yes, this is my audition tape. <laughs> That's awesome. Me and Jill are friends. Yeah, I'm literally uh, screen yeah, recording this whole podcast. Yeah, no, it's Jack and Jill, all right? That's my, those are our characters. I'm Jack, she's Jill. We're friends. Okay? We uh we met we met while she was up in uh in Boston. I can do a Boston accent and everything. We'll figure, figure this oh out. Oh my gosh. Uh, so that's that's great. So then what is I guess now we can get to the quarantine part of this podcast because this is a thing now. Um, as we opened with, right, we talked about kind of 
not struggles, but the this the the new normal that is you know, COVID. How are you doing? How are you coping with, um, the creativity? Um, do you find that it is something you're doing more of? Parts of it are different now. Obviously, you're not. Maybe you could be auditioning self tapes, but. Uh, you had talked earlier about writing more. Do you, is that happening a lot? Yeah, it's been a bit of a, a journey during quarantine. I would say I have been diving deep into who I want to be as a creative person and what I want to share from my soul. That's truly, I think, the theme of what I've been exploring during quarantine. I've been diving into what, you know, I'm practicing some self-tapes right now personally with scenes that I write for myself and I'm just doing them to see how can I show more of myself through my acting for me not to get a part not to prove anything to anybody how can I literally watch myself and be like yeah that is truly me I'm truly expressing something in my words in my voice in my body Um, and then I'm studying writing I'm writing a pilot right now I was taking on online pilot writing course just to really understand structure and develop my skills in that way because I've just been going off of instinct or watching things or you know kind of superficial learning but I just tried to dive deep during the last couple months and just really understand it I'm really re-watching lectures and things like that and and then also now as you and I talked just briefly before I believe we started recording I'm just now I'm kind of leaning into the flow of it all a little more, the pause of it all, and being like, what truly brings me pleasure right now? And what fills me up as a human being that like I can overflow my cup and then I trust, I'm trying to trust that that will come out of me creatively. I really want to fill that up for myself. Yeah, I, that's how I, like, in terms of the writing, um, like we had talked about prior to recording of... Uh, I was telling someone the other day that when, you know, the fog of this lifts, uh, as a writer or as a creative, you almost have to, almost instinctively, when it lifts, you have to look back at um, what I've been calling, like, your trail, right? We've, we've, we're going to leave this quarantine trail um, of, like, scripts, you know, of, of, of something that we wanted to do. And, and a lot of stuff's going to get left behind, I imagine, um, as you restructure and refocus your energy, but it really got me thinking about: Do I really want to come out of this with you know stacks of pages, but really not be proud of any of it? You know, it, it really has got me thinking about you know my mindset to some degree was always like just get something, you know, just get something. That hustle we talk about, um, and that's more important. Like the quantity was more important mentally to me and i think to a lot of us right book the role book the role book the role you know get yourself out there and um being able to slow down a little bit uh has me going well you know what yeah i've got stuff that could maybe be you know mass produced if as it were but like what is it really saying about me um and i think that's been an introspective journey a lot of creators have been having um, yeah. with themselves. We're, we're, we're lucky in that aspect of this time to be able to connect to that. I connect to it. You know, I've been meditating a lot in the last couple of years and I connect to that sometimes in meditation, that kind of ancient, eternal, you know, timeless feeling. And I'm like, how do I bring that to my work? How do I share that? How do I share that light feeling with people? You know, that hopeful feeling. Yeah. The, the truthful feeling. How do I bring that through to my work and trying to bridge that gap? I feel like that's always um, a uh, disassociative struggle. I don't know how to do it sometimes, you know, but I try. The bit that I've been using, um, I've always kind of like as a line, I've always said like, oh, writing, writing is my therapy and stuff. And I've, re- I've realized that like now I, when I say it, I actually mean it for the first time. Because before, it's just like a nice novelty line about things that you're working through, but maybe you weren't too serious about. But like now, like we were talking about, of like what do I want to show of myself? Um, I realize that like what I really want to show of myself happens to be the real therapeutic stuff. Um, and I'm just like, I don't know, man. Like this is now I can say it and it's fully 100% meant as really working through some stuff. 
Um, yeah. And I find that that's the stuff that when this is all done is the stuff that I'm very eager to go um, take a look at this, but like be kind because I'm fragile and shit. <laughs> but yeah. and that's like the truth of that's like truly the untouchable part of storytelling. That's like what we all want to know. What what is truthful about your human experience and how do we connect to it and how does that inspire us to live even more deeply? That's what I get from it. Yeah. So any hints on the kinds of things you're working on? Yeah, I'm working on a dramedy, a half hour dramedy series. So I know everyone, you know, it's such a buzzword, pilot, series, blah, blah, blah. But I I am. We love it here. We love it here. (laughs) So cliche of me, but I am. The original title of this podcast used to be Buzzwords with Jazz Singh. That's how (laughs) it didn't test well. Pilot, writer, screenplay. That's awesome. Yeah, it, that was the entire podcast. We never actually had a conversation. It was just us yelling buzzwords at each other. It was like an improv class. Content, yeah. <laughs> Diversity. <laughs> Representation. <laughs> Bridge. <laughs> the culture? South? <laughs> Asian. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's a dramedy. It's a half-hour dramedy. I'm, I'm writing something um, truly based on, you know, I think in the last year I've realized that how profound it is for me to have safe spaces and to nurture safe emotionally safe relationships with people and how important that is for me to then be able to open up not just on a performing aspect I've been able to find that through my performing but to open up in my personal life with people with my family members I've done that through like mental health and therapy and things like that and all of that has come from me being in safe spaces so the story is about me Um, learning to uh, embrace my introvertedness and speak truth you know in life that's really the core of it and and how do you do that when you when you know you're struggling to create safety in your life we all are struggling to create safety in our lives um, as the nation struggles to keep us safe yeah uh, Yeah, maybe that's a broad topic but it'll be funny yeah 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 how, you mentioned the family how how is the family doing they're still in ohio they are yeah yeah, they are, yeah. they're doing yeah. okay safe and healthy yeah everyone's everyone's healthy uh my grandma's in san diego with my aunt and uncle and cousins and she wants to she's got a place to herself in ohio and she wants to be super independent and go back and i'm like nope you're not going <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, everyone's healthy. It's, it's good. What about you? Yeah, no, that's everyone. All we can ask for everyone's healthy, everyone's yeah. safe. Yeah. Uh, and just open, hoping this, uh, goes on a little less than I think it's gonna. Yeah. I definitely know people who have lost people from the virus yeah. and it is, you know, devastating and it's hard and it's everyone's so isolated and it's a very weird thing. I think we're isolated and we feel confused because you don't, yes, we're connected to the news to see some sort of big picture, but that don't, doesn't always feel truthful, you know? So we're in our own bubbles is how I feel and we're not fully getting the scope of what's happening, you know? Yeah, and in the cases of, like you said, people who have lost um, loved ones, I find that um, I can't even imagine what that level of guilt could be like in terms of if if being human is such a big part of connecting with people um that uh i I just can't i can't fathom what it's like to lose and then never get to really process that in a traditional way um yeah it's a really tough time we got to be nice to each other and kind and whatever we can do be kind to ourselves first and foremost yep Yep. No, that's that's. I think I think everyone's learning that a little bit. Of uh, if anyone's getting stir crazy, it's like focus on this, yes. and then the rest will naturally follow. Because guess what? No one is actually going anywhere. So uh, you have the time to take that time for yourself and stuff. Yeah. Um, what a somber note to end this on. But but, <laughs> but also very a very important note. Um, I was curious because I wanted to make a joke just now about being your own biffle. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, in yeah, these yeah. in these times of need, but then my brain was like, "What if you're using it wrong and they hate you for it?" And what then, and then I have never to say about that is, biffle is to be used any way you want it to be used. Oh, so you go I, for I it. I take back my I take back my apology of being insensitive. Um, 
During this quarantine time, do yourself a favor. Be your best Biffle. Is that redundant? It might be redundant because the B and Biffle could be best. Be your best Biffle. Bib- oh no, I messed it up. I messed it up. Be your best Biffle. What do our parents think Biffle means? It means best Indian for life is what that means. And so what they think it is, I am not going to change that perception because <laughs> that's amazing. I need them to watch the show. Oh uh-huh. my gosh, oh my that's God. the so, best. I love that. So yeah, be I bet you don't have a shirt that says be your own Biffle. No, I mean, ah. I, I'm going to have to figure out a way to get this printed and pressed and sent to you. <laughs> um, yes, and if any, if any of you have requests for Biffle merchandise, please let me know and I'll pass it along. Um, or I'll, I'll share the, uh, the relative social media in this link and you can spam us with your wonderful wonderful oh my gosh um, biffle merch. we would love that give us some entertainment we need a biffle puzzle a quarantine puzzle wouldn't that be amazing there, yeah i don't know what it would be right now <laughs> just the word biffle. like as you oh as you said it i was trying to think of like a really real extensive like thing and i I could not think of one. Um, you guys should just at this point. Oh, I wouldn't work with screenshots, but yeah, we'll 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 talk. My people will call your people, and we'll figure out this uh, this puzzle that we're making. Um, but yeah, so Anisha, thank you for spending time with us. Um, thank you for being my biffle. <laughs> Anytime, Jazz. Um, <laughs> thank you for being my biffle. Okay. Saved it. I didn't think she was going to reciprocate so quickly. I won't like, leave you hanging. I won't leave you hanging. That's that's our word, Jazz. You don't get to use our word. Um, yeah, I really, I truly can't wait to see what comes of of this, of this time. Um, what comes from you specifically? Um, what comes for season two, man? That's uh, uh but yeah, I, I again, I encourage everybody to check out these six episodes man it's it won't take you that much time to watch all six i know you guys binge watch trashier things okay this is now i'm gonna be judging <laughs> like stick um, with the open vibe jazz yeah yeah sorry 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 that's very unbiffle of me i apologize um but yeah check out this show it needs the eyes um i think everybody from all walks of life can appreciate it um Anisha is fantastic in it, so if you don't want to watch it on my behest, she's great. I do her a solid. Everyone's fantastic um, in it. <laughs> That's nice. Um, all right, so that was Bridge the Culture podcast. I am your host. Well, I was your host. Next week it'll be Anisha. <laughs> uh, thank you for uh, listening with us today. Until we bridge again, man.
ਵੱਜਦੇ ਤੇਰੇ ਨੱਖਰੇ ਨਹੀਂ ਸੋਣੀਏ ਪਿਆਰੇ ਲੱਗਦੇ ਨਾਲ ਬੈਠ ਰਨ ਮਿੱਠੇ ਦੁੱਧ ਵਰਗੀ ਤਾਈਓ ਗੱਡੀਆਂ ਦੇ ਸ਼ੀਸ਼ੇ ਮੈਂ ਵੀ ਕਾਲੇ ਕਰਤੇ ਸੁਰਮਾ ਤੇਰਾ ਗੰਨ ਦਾ ਪਾਊਡਰ ਆ ਕੇ ਕੈਂਦੀ ਟਪਕੇ ਬਾਊਡਰ ਜਰਮਨ ਗੱਡੀਆਂ ਜਰਮਨ ਗੰਨਾ ਤੇਰੇ ਸ਼ਹਿਰ ਵਿੱਚ ਪੂਰੀ ਚੌਦਰ Rock, 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 rock,